Just getting back uh, to the situation regarding uh, the state of the nation address and, of course, uh, looking at what happened uh, yesterday, uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa unveiling government's economic plans for the sixth administration during the state of the nation address. And he's prioritized, amongst others, economic transformation, job creation, as well as financial support to a power utility Eskom. Uh, Lulama Matia uh, compiled uh, one of the reports uh, that we have, but let's listen to this one by Tsepo Mungwai. Another bailout for Eskom is on the cards. In the February budget, government announced 23 billion rent over the next three years to Eskom to enable the power utility to meet its debt commitments and to undertake its reconfiguration. At the time, Finance Minister Tito Mboweni cautioned that pouring money directly into ESCOM in its current form, it's like pouring water into a sieve. Yesterday, President Sel Ramaphosa announced another 230 billion rent to fund ESCOM for the next 10 years. Analysts have raised concerns about government's plan to continue to support ESCOM in coming years. Market analyst Mark Wemasilela says the SONA appears to be in contrast with the February budget on this matter. Maybe is it just the time that we're acknowledging things that the finance minister didn't want to acknowledge when he was delivering his budget speech when it comes to ESCOM because basically what's going to happen here is that they will continue to give ESCOM money, whether it's that special appropriation bill or when it comes to the 230 billion that they have to give ESCOM for the next coming 10 years. One has to ask, is that debt? Does that include loans from China, stuff like that? So maybe it's true when we made the budget speech, we're playing to the gallery, we're trying to please the rating agencies, we're afraid that maybe we will be done graded because basically all the things that were avoided to be said during the budget speech, here we are, we're acknowledging them. President Sir Ramaphosa announced that ESCOM will soon create a position of chief restructuring officer. But corporate law experts have warned that the role of the chief restructuring officer could easily create conflicts with the board and other executives if not properly defined. Corporate law experts Matozi Rachimbirani has cautioned against making the role too powerful over and above the board and the CEO. He says it will be interesting to see how the role will be incorporated into ASCOM in terms of the law. ASCOM has a shareholder in the Department of Public Enterprises. It has um, a board. It has a, a chief executive officer who is supported by other executives. It is unclear from a uh, legal perspective what the decision-making powers of the chief restructuring officers will be and therefore the details thereof will be quite important because what will be undesirable is a situation where a party stands over and above the board and the executives to basically direct how they should manage and run a complex business such as ESCOM. This concept has been implemented internationally you know, after the big financial crisis in 2008. President Sal Ramaphosa's speech has been widely welcomed by business, particularly his reaffirmation of the South African Reserve Bank's constitutional mandate. Some economists have urged the president to take some tough decisions to reconcile expectations with affordability of South Africa's public finances. I am Tepo Mungwai in Johannesburg.
Well, President Cyril Ramaphosa has pledged to ensure the speed-up of the release of the 230 billion rand of support for ailing power utility ESCOM. Now, will throwing money at ESCOM solve the power utilities crisis and, of course, the country's energy problems as well? So for reaction to this, we join on the line now by Energy Analyst and Managing Director at EE Publishers, Chris Gilland. Chris, good afternoon. Thanks for speaking to us. So in your view, um, it's evident that ESCOM's problems are not just financial. Do you believe, though, are you confident that this financial injection is going to turn around uh, the fate of ESCOM? Uh, no, it's not going to turn around ESCOM unless the underlying um, root causes of ESCOM's uh, situation are dealt with. Uh, but that's not to say that this bailout is not needed. Um, Eskom is going to be in a very serious um, uh, liquidity uh, crisis. Uh, it is not a going concern as it stands without this kind of uh, bailout or equity injection. Um, so that is an, it's, it's necessary to do this, uh, but it's not sufficient to solve Eskom's uh, root cause problems, and that still has to be dealt with, and that was not dealt with uh, in, in, in the State of the Nation address uh, last night. So are the two mutually exclusive? Because does this mean we continue throwing good money after bad? Uh, should we not be attending to those problems and uh, perhaps slow down this money that uh, really the economy can ill afford? Well, it's going to have to keep funding ESCOM while they deal with the underlying structural issues, which are going to take time, uh, probably several years to deal with. In the meantime, electricity is needed in the economy, and, uh, and the economy needs to keep on turning. So uh, one has to throw money at it whilst one is attending to the underlying issues. Uh, the problem at the moment, as I see it, is I don't think there is a broad uh, consensus within the ANC and its uh, partners, uh, its alliance partners, as to what the, uh, the solutions to these underlying problems are. Uh, and that's why we're seeing uh, this vagueness about the, uh, the details of the action plan, because they are, they are still being uh, talked about and negotiated behind closed doors. And until there is a broad consensus, um, I think they're going to be locked there trying to, uh, to get this consensus. In the meantime, they, they have to keep on funding Eskom, otherwise the lights will go out. For how long, though, Chris? Because as you say, how long are we going to keep going in circles? You look at everything that has happened at ESCOM, even after there has been an acknowledgement that the situation is dire. I mean, we've spoken about this before, and we are practically in agreement that this is a black hole. So in your view, what does ESCOM need right now, today, in order to function effectively going forward? What needs to happen right now? Well, they certainly need uh, money because uh, their net uh, uh, income from operations is only servicing 50% of their debt service commitments. So uh, if uh, they just continue without equity injection, uh, they cannot meet their debt service commitments from the money they make from operations. So somebody has to put in that money. Um, how long can it go on for? It depends. I, I believe that as, at some point, a crisis has to be reached which forces consensus within government, uh, within the ruling party, and within its uh, alliance partners. Uh, and perhaps the crisis is not deep enough or obvious enough to some people within the organization to realize that the old game is over.
that they have to do something different. Uh, and I think that we haven't reached that stage yet because of this disagreement and dis- lack of consensus in the way forward. Okay, let me just get this straight, Chris. Are you saying that we don't realize yet how much of a crisis this ESCOM situation is? I think some people don't realize. I think there are people within government. I think the president knows. I think the minister of finance knows. I think the minister of public enterprises knows. But I think there are many other people within the party that it has it hasn't dawned on them yet that there is a deep crisis and that the old game is over. Uh, and they still think that this can be somehow managed by uh, throwing money at the problem. Uh, but uh, as you rightly say, it is an endless pit unless you deal with the root causes of the problem, which are twofold. Number one, uh, the uh, the price of electricity at the moment is lower than what is called cost-reflective. Now, there are two ways of dealing with that. Either you've got to cut costs or you've got to put up the price in order that the price of electricity reflects the cost of, of, of generating. You've got to either reduce costs or increase the price or even both. Uh, the other underlying problem is the structural problems within the electricity supply industry. Uh, there are efficiencies or inefficiencies that are locked into the current structure, and it will need a restructuring in order to uh, to, to to relieve those inefficiencies and to uh, gain uh, the efficiencies needed uh, in order to make this a sustainable business. Without sounding facetious, if we don't realize the crisis, the extent of it, if we don't exactly know how to go about it, uh, then it, it really does make one question uh, some of the appointments that are being made as well. And, and speaking of, what's your view on the latest executive appointments at ESCOM? Well, um, you, you, you may remember Mr. Hadebe was appointed, and one of the first things he did was appoint a full-time or a, a, a CFO, a chief financial officer, and he appointed a chief operating officer. So Eskom at the moment is run by a triumvirate, the CEO, the CFO, and the COO. The COO responsible for, for operations, uh, the plant, and uh, you know, making sure that the business is running uh, operationally. The CFO is responsible for financial issues and financial sustainability. And the CEO was appointed, uh, has now f- had freed himself from operations uh, in order to focus on strategy, future business model, and restructuring. Uh, then all of a sudden, uh, that didn't uh, produce the, uh, solve the financial problems, uh, and the government had to bail them out with the 23 billion rand a year for 10 years. But it came with a condition that Treasury wanted to put in its own chief restructuring officer to oversee the restructuring as a condition for this bailout. Uh, and, and I do think this creates some problems uh, with the, between the roles of the CEO and the CRO. Uh, now we know that, uh, that Mr. Hadebe is, has resigned, uh, and uh, so there is no uh, CEO after the end of July. Uh, that may mean that the, the new CRO will actually take the role of the CEO as well, uh, because there would be otherwise a very gray area between the CEO and the CRO, because they are both actually handling strategy and future business model and restructuring. So are we not creating further mess at the top? at uh, the ESCOM's operating level? Well, no, I think at an operations level, they have a chief operating officer who is responsible for operations, uh, and there is no conflict in that area. I think the area, the gray area is in the roles between the CEO and the CRO, 
The point is that now we, uh, the CEO is leaving, and that may give uh, space uh, for the new CRO to, form the role, uh, to perform the role of the CEO as well. And we're looking to see who this new person is going to be. We don't know yet, but it was mentioned in the State of Nation address yesterday that they are pursuing uh, you know, the, this uh, role of a CRO, uh, you know, with some urgency, it is absolutely necessary. Unless we make a start on the restructuring of this industry now, in a few years' time, we will still be sitting with the same problem on our hands. Chris, uh, always good speaking to you. Thanks so much for your time. Energy Analyst and Managing Director at EE Publishers, Chris Yelland. And at Selimachu says, I swear Praveen Gordon came up with the nonsensical idea of ESCOM's Chief Restructuring Officer. It just defeats the mind and logic and any lateral thinking uh, human on why on earth would you want to duplicate the role of the CEO and the board. In addition, ESCOM does have a COO, says at uh, Selimachu.